With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello everyone listening. Uh, Liverpool have apparently, or at least very close to signing a player. So we've got a news round for you and I'm joined by the man who's uh, been waiting for this uh, with bated breath for it feels like about three years we have signed some players in between and it's a very good morning to a man that was up very late last night. It's Dave Hendrick. How are you, Dave? I am outstanding, Eddie. Absolutely (laughs) outstanding. This is what I live for. This is the only purpose in my fandom. Signing good players. (laughs) <laughs> well the, the debate's been raging all morning i got this one at about 6 a.m this morning uh from the same person that told us that a few weeks ago that liverpool were in discussions with porto uh, with some financial stuff going on but we weren't sure it was linked to uh to luis diaz and uh we thought that it was just really maybe some sort of overhanging from the uh marco gruich deal and they were refusing to link the player so we were never really sure what was going on and everything just kind of meandered i mean i was listening to trev speaking to jan moby last night on moby on the spot and they were saying at the end of that show that they really expected nothing to happen there was some links to the fulham kid carvalho that liverpool were apparently the front runners there but no one was really expecting that and as usual bombshell drops i think paul joyce was about first this morning 6 a.m there we go liverpool uh liverpool have apparently agreed or are close to agreeing a deal for 45 million pounds plus 12 million add-ons for fc porto's uh luis diaz and since then we've been trying to get hold of you and literally you've literally got out your pit and here we go news round yes so as people will know, I, I generally don't sleep very well, um, and I generally stay up too late most nights. But I, I tend to be up early anyway. But last night, I was I was actually going to bed at one o'clock, which is early for me. And all I started to see all this stuff coming up on my, on Twitter from journalists I'd never heard of some some guys in Colombia, some guys in Portugal. And then I started to see people say, oh, this guy's actually really reliable in Colombia. He's he's clued in with Luis Diaz's agent. And next thing that guy tweeted, I've confirmed with the agent Diaz is going to be a Liverpool player. So I'm like, okay. And then next thing, there's a Twitter space. So I'm like, oh, I've never been in one of these things. I keep seeing them. I'll have a listen and see what it's all about. And You've got these journalists in there, these Colombian guys and these Portuguese guys in there saying this deal is on. And then there's Porto fans saying, look, 
I'm just here to let the Liverpool fans know this guy who's speaking now is the number one source for Porto news. This guy knows what he's talking about. And if you look on Porto Twitter, there is a meltdown in place because we're trying to win the league. We're trying to win the Europa League and you're taking away our best player and it's way below his buyout and we're all really angry about this. But you're getting a great player. So I'm literally sitting in this space for hours and hours and hours. And I got to bed at like 5.30, but I was still in the back of my mind thinking, this is nonsense. Like, it's not going to happen. It's us and it's January. And we've been assured by every single journalist that we're going to do nothing. Jimbo Pierce was out spreading his bad news as he likes to do a couple of days ago. Paul Gorst. In the Echo, I think it was the day before yesterday, said, I've been told Liverpool are unlikely to do anything. And yet, this morning I wake up, I've got easily over 100 different text messages. Now, about half of them were from gags. Um, I've got DMs on Twitter. I've got missed calls from some of the lads asking me who the fuck is Luis Diaz. And we are... We are signing Luis Diaz, who is somebody that I fell in love with last summer, someone that we brought up on the transfer committee pod, and someone that certain journalists from outside of England have been saying for two months now, Liverpool have really strong interest in this guy and a really good relationship with Porto, and this one should be a smooth deal if if they push forward with it. And they're pushing forward with it, which is just, it's amazing. <laughs> so let's, uh, I mean, there's some comments coming in. I will try and read some of these at some point in the live chat. But uh, just tell us about the player. I know Sam uh, Maguire did some excellent analysis and profiling on him early in the window when he was comparing him to our existing front three on on his XG, on his uh, on his touches in the box and things like that. Go and look on Sam's Twitter. Uh, he can give you uh, he can give you that. And uh, I did, Sam's already done a newsletter, which I've got out. I messed up once. So anyone that's already read the newsletter and realized there's extracts from yesterday's Pablo Dybala one, Go and look at the new one because I've had to resend it. So this is what happens when you try and rush around in the morning when these things break. But Dave, fill us in on the player. What what sort of player? Assuming everything's going to happen, what sort of player are we getting here? Is I mean, I've already seen people's heads fall off that this means that Mo Salah is no longer being agreed because no. people see that people see a right footer, but of course Mo Mo's a left footer who plays on the right side. Sadio Mane's a, a a right footer who plays on the left side, and what we're getting here, as 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 far as I can tell, is a right footed player who plays on the left side. Yes, he is. Predominantly a left winger, right footed. He is, for me, this is my view on him. And I've said this in a bunch of podcasts before. So this is not just because we're signing him. For me, he is a hybrid of Sadio Mane with his ability to beat a man, his pace, his movement, and Luis Suarez. His dribbling reminds me of Suarez. His propensity for the unusual for the spectacular, his desire to not just beat his opponents, but humiliate them and the drive that he has. I often talk about players having a bit of dog in them, having a real burning desire to succeed, having escaped something and never, ever wanting to go back to it. You see it a lot with South American players. You'll see it in certain other sports 
the NFL and the NBA are great examples. Kids who grew up in abject poverty and have this natural born ability. You see a lot with Brazilian players as well. And want to elevate above that. And when they've elevated above it, they want to bring everybody with them. They want to change the life of their family. They want to break generational poverty and create generational wealth for their families who've lived through horrendous times. Luis Diaz almost died as a youngster from malnourishment. And if you don't think that drives him every single day to be the best possible player that he wants to be, and Sam has said it perfectly, Diaz takes things personally. So if he goes out and has a game and it's a poor game, you better believe he's going home and he's writing in the date of the next time he's going to see that defender. <laughs> and he's he's making a beeline from him. And I said to Sam, when all of this talking about Diaz began and we were hearing about this buyout clause, I said to Sam, I will bet that a Diogo Jota type deal in terms of fee and add-ons is what gets this guy. Because in the summer, Everton almost had a deal agreed for 20, I think it was, it was either 20 or 25 million and James Rodriguez. And it fell apart because James didn't want to go back to Porto or, or they couldn't agree wages or whatever it was. But the James part made it fall apart. And obviously he went off to Qatar or wherever it is. He's off poncing around now. But I, I had a feeling that the buyout clause was always spoof. That Porto would sell for around the figures we signed Jota for. And Sam, I think, was in agreement with me at the time that that was a good fee for him. Now, Sam's hesitancy was the quoted figures. People were saying, oh, well, if it's not the buyout, it could be 60 million, it could be 65 million. And as Sam pointed out, you're very much reaching above where he is now at that figure, as we would have been. When we signed Mo, if we'd signed Mo for 65 million, nobody would have agreed at that time it was a good deal. Same with Sadio, same with Jota. But this type of figure is perfect. You're talking about a guy who's a really good dribbler. He's got really good pace. He can go outside or inside. He's got great body control. He's got great ball control. He can be both a fluid and a scruffy dribbler. So he'll get himself into spots where you think, you're going nowhere now. And all of a sudden, he's escaping with the ball and there's two defenders left looking at each other, wondering, where's that guy gone? He's got an absolutely sensational shot on him. I think people can calm down about this being a Mo replacement. I think this is a Sadio replacement. Sadio's out of contract in, the, in summer 2023. There's been absolutely nothing about a Sadio contract extension. There's been plenty of mumblings and grumblings that Sadio could be, it could be of interest to other clubs. Now, it doesn't necessarily have to mean Sadio going because what we could do between now and the end of the window is we could sell Nat Phillips and we have Reese Williams to step in as the fifth centre-back who's never really going to play anyway. We could sell Divock or Tacky or potentially both, probably both. We could probably sell both because then if you were to say our front three is 
let's just say it's Salah, Jota and Diaz. Well, our backup three is Cade Gordon, Bobby Firmino and Sadio Mane until the summer at least. And I think everybody would be very, very happy with that six as a group of attackers. And we've seen in this past month, Divock, there's no real need for him. And Klopp clearly doesn't trust Hackey. So you can sell both of them. There's been rumours of interest from Leeds. So maybe you go back to Leeds and try and do a deal, or Monaco, who've also been credited. There's been plenty of rumoured interest in Divock, and he's had a contract in the summer, and we may just not want to deal with him anymore. So you could sell both of them and Nat, and that probably gets you to in and around that same fee. You could also sell Nico Williams and just rely on Connor Bradley and James Milner as the backup right-backs until summer, because... With Harvey back now, Thiago back fit again, Naby coming back from AFCON, plus Henderson, plus Fabinho, plus Curtis back fit, there isn't really a spot in midfield for Milner. He's the seventh midfielder, so he might as well be the backup right back. Trent will play every game, and it might just be that you put Milner in against Cardiff in the FA Cup third round, and in the fourth round if we get there, and that's what he plays. So realistically, we could sell those four players and not miss any of them. Because, like, Nico and Nat don't really play. And we have, as I said, Reese Williams back off his loan, who was just as good as Nat last season, by the way. And we have Connor Bradley slash James Milner for the right back. And then Diaz can replace Taki and... And Divock with Kate Gordon also getting maybe more minutes through the back half of the season. There's no reason we couldn't sell all four of them and basically end up with a profit for this window, which would be a very liberal <laughs> I mean, thing I don't, to do. I don't see us selling four, but I do. I do see that maybe a couple will go. Certainly, uh, there's more and more talk about Minamino sort of surfacing over the uh, over the past couple of days, and that that that's the most obvious one to move on. I don't think Liverpool would struggle to move him on. They'll they'll find takers for him. I just want to go back to the intricacies of the deal and uh, and and what's actually happened here because uh, we we look at last year. We got told in the last January window that Liverpool were looking at Canate for the summer, and uh, as it transpired, that's what happened. They brought in a couple of uh, <laughs> a couple of stop gaps, if you like. In uh, in Ozan Kabak and uh, and Ben Davis, uh, which we spoke about uh, this time last year. Now, obviously, none of that materialised into deals, and uh, Liverpool went ahead with their their first proposal, which was uh, Ibrahima Kanate. Now, with this one. It very much seemed that Liverpool were thinking summer for this for the for, for, for Luis Diaz. That was all of the talk. There was talk, of, as we know, going on between the two clubs on financial matters, and and everyone thought this was summer. No one, no one thought Liverpool were going to move on this. But we heard that Newcastle may have been sniffing around the player, that the player perhaps rejected Newcastle, and then it sort of broke in the past couple of days that Spurs were really stepping up their interest in the player, and we think a bid may have been accepted by Spurs uh, by FC Porto for Luis Diaz. Mm. And as this, as this is what forced Liverpool's hand here of Liverpool had to act in, in the fact that we were always told that if a player that they were interested for the summer became available, then Liverpool would Liverpool would move in the market. And that does seem to be what's happened here. Yeah, I, I think you're spot on. I This was definitely one I think we had for the summer. And he obviously wasn't going to go to Newcastle because why would he? You know, he's in a title race. Why give that up to go and sign for a team that may well get relegated? Um the Spurs thing is definitely what's triggered this. Spurs showing such interest, and 
like you said, potentially having had uh, a fee agreed, that's what's forced our, our hand here. David? And Gagan. Apparently, Man United came in for him late as well. That's what's forced the hand. That's oh, that's said. even better. That's even better. <laughs> it's even more beautiful. Here's the thing. That is the most stupid club in the world because the one thing they don't need is wingers. Like, they have loads of wingers. They have Sancho, they have Greenwood, they have Rashford, they have Diallo, they have Alanga. The last thing United need is, is a winger. You need central midfielders, lads. If you need me to help you out and point you in the direction of a few, give me a call and I'll help you. But stop. Is it a case, though, Dave? Is it a case with that one that Gags has just dropped there, that bomb on Man United? Is it a case that maybe all of the clubs were just thinking this was going to be a summer deal and maybe the Spurs bid getting accepted yesterday is just what's brought everyone out from under their shells? It has to be. I really do think it has to be. I can't see how. I can't see any other logic to it. Um, it was all, it was a weird target for Spurs as well because they have young men's son who plays the same position as him. So unless he was going to move to the right side, I don't know. Well, we but, know they were in for. We know they were looking at Adama, don't we? That was that was the thing. Yeah, they as they wanted him as a wing back, and apparently yeah. he wasn't keen on that. And now Barcelona have been really stupid and signed him. So enjoy. Yeah, Spurs, enjoy were, Spurs were looking to buy someone, and now it looks like they've lost that one too. That's it. Spurs fans are very upset with us today. I saw one poor fella say, "You already beat us in the Champions League final. Just let us have the player we want." <laughs> <laughs> I think Mo shared a whole load of their Discord updates in one of the chats. I think the transfer chat, if you can find it, is Beautiful. brilliant. Well, this is payback because if you remember, we had Willian basically done and it was Spurs who robbed him off us. Now, in a beautiful twist of fate, it was Chelsea who robbed him off Spurs. But I, I'm I'm so happy with, with this. I, like... I saw Harry say, uh, Harry Seth, he said he's a little bit concerned about his physicality and ability to contribute to the level of pressing. Now, get, getting used to the pressing is what will take the most time. That will take him maybe six months. But f physically don't have any concerns. He's got fantastic ability to just run and run and run and run. He... While he doesn't look the strongest, he's one of those really wiry people. You know those skinny lads that just have unusual strength for their size? And he's tough as nails. Like, he is one tough young man. The, the great thing is, as well, you get him in now, he will be ready to go day one of the season. Like, completely integrated completely used to everything that we do, the tweaks and different things of our system. All the thing really well. And Mo is the best player in the world. So you've already got four guys functioning at a really high level, plus Cade. So there's no pressure on Diaz to step in day one and be amazing straight away. He can ease his way in. Klopp can ease him in. But... My hope is yeah, when people are, when people are talking about replacements for other players, whether it be Sadio Mojo, whoever you, Firmino, whoever you want to talk about, no one's thinking about replacements right now, are we? We're literally talking about that word replacement is very much a long term thing. There's nothing, oh, of course, there's nothing yeah. immediate about that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It is all about um, us taking our time and boosting our squad for this 
you know, back half of the season where we're still, we forgot it's an outside shot at the league, but we still have a bit of a shot at the league. We're going to be really strong Champions League contenders. We're going to be in a cup final and we're still in the FA Cup because obviously, you know, it hasn't really kicked, it hasn't kicked off yet. So we're still in a really good situation here. You know, we've got that fourth round game against Cardiff. Sorry, I said third round earlier. It's fourth round against Cardiff, which is a very favourable draw. That may well be his debut, and it'd yep. be a nice game to get him going. And maybe we see, you know, in the early days that it's Mo, Bo, uh, Mo Jota and Mane who are starting, and then him, Bobby, and Cade are the depth. But I, I have to assume that the idea is that it's him replacing Sadio in the longer term, that, that, that this is the guy they've tagged to replace Sadio. And I think he's perfect. I think he gives you everything that Sadio does. And remember, the Sadio that Sadio became in, you know, 18, 19, 19, 20, that's not the guy we bought. Luis Diaz is a better player now than Sadio Mane was when we bought him. I don't even think it's close. And Sadio arrived and day one was just brilliant. Remember the Arsenal game? He was, he hit the ground and was just phenomenal straight away. It, Diaz might not hit the ground running as, as quick, but I think Diaz right now is, is a substantially better player than Sadio was back then. And you just need to look at the season he's having. In Now, I heard you speaking yesterday, just before you get into that, I heard you speaking on one of your shows yesterday and you said that the, the criticisms will come that he's... Played, playing in the Portuguese league, that'll be the first yeah. thing that gets thrown at everyone. But we've seen players that have come in. It seems it seems a very unfair brush to tarnish someone with that one. I think it's really unfair. Like, for me, people always talk about the big five leagues and Liverpool only like to sign players from the big five leagues. That's what we get told time and time again. And Sam, Sam has done some, some, look, some looking into this and it does hold water, to be fair. It does hold water. The Portuguese league is one of the big five leagues. The Portuguese league is a stronger quality league than the French league top to bottom. Because in the French league, you've got one team that's levels above everybody else. But if you look at everybody below PSG, it's not a particularly strong league. There's a lot of bad teams in that league. Whereas in Portugal, you've got three behemoths but the gap to everybody else isn't as big. There's, I think the Portuguese league top to bottom has more quality, is a stronger league, certainly better coaches. And I really think we now look at the Portuguese league as either the sixth league, so a big six, or potentially above France. I think, if I'm not mistaken, in terms of the coefficient rankings, I think Portugal's above France. So... I think people need to stop with the disparaging of the Portuguese league because I'll tell you now, there's at least two other players in that league, one being Darwin Nunes and one being Pote uh, Concalves from Sporting Lisbon. That would be sensational signings for us. So it wouldn't surprise me if we start to look more and more at the Portuguese league because remember as well, Portuguese league has always been a tremendous gateway for players coming from South America because it's very yeah, easy absolutely. for them to get to get their um their visas. Yeah. And that's what happened with Diaz. Diaz came from Junior FC in 2019. Uh Porto paid around six and a half million for him. And he's gotten better year on year on year. 
So you look at that first year. Now, he scored 14 goals in 50 games across all competitions. 50 games, that shows an ability to play week after week after week. He's not just doing it domestically. He's doing it to a high end in Europe as well. The second season, he didn't score as many, but he was a better all-round player. He got 11 in 47. This season, in all competitions, he has 16 in 28. But it's not really 28 because it's only 2,272 minutes. In the league alone, he's played 1,508 minutes. He's got 14 goals and 9 assists. So he is a machine. And if he can translate that, and I think that's scalable to the Premier League and to our team, where he's going to get more opportunities, he's going to be playing with better players, he's not going to be 2v1. And that that's the thing. You watch Porto play, watch how often when he picks the ball up that it's 2v1. The right back is there and either the right-sided midfielder is racing back to get involved or one of the centre-backs is pulling out to try and stop him. He's that much of a weapon in Portugal that he's always got two men to deal with. And when he does, it opens everything up for him. You can't do that against us because if you go 2v1 with him, well, you're leaving Jota, who's got maybe the best movement of any striker in Europe right now, one-on-one, and you're leaving Mo Salah, who's maybe the best player in the world, one-on-one. So you can't go 2v1 with him. You've got to go 2v1 with Mo. So now Diaz is going to be 1v1 against. If you look up and down the list of Premier League right-backs, doesn't really make great reading. There's, there's a handful <laughs> I mean, of a- very good ones, but there's a lot of crap. I don't watch the Portuguese league, but I did see him in the games against us, obviously in the Champions League. And that's perhaps a factor here as well. We were talking about Ibrahima Kanate earlier. And obviously last year when all the talk was about him, RB Leipzig had qualified for the last 16 of the Champions League where through some of our own doing, uh, FC Porto haven't. So uh, he, he they, they're out of the Champions League. So he wasn't going to be playing mm. in that tournament anyway, which may be a factor in why a deal for this player has, uh, has become possible. But my viewings of him were more uh, for Colombia in the Copa America last mm. year, where I, I believe he finished top scorer in that tournament alongside Messi. So, I mean, it's, yeah. uh, and uh, I mean the, the pedigree is all there. We're, we're looking at another player that looks like, and from Sam's stats as well on the profile play, another player that looks very much in that Jota mold that could just be about to explode. I think so. I do think so. And I think, you know, look, we take such a detailed approach on these things. None of us, like, as good as our guys on the the data are, so, so Sam is great at kind of breaking the data down, but the likes of Dan and Dan and, and Phil and Cy, they're great with numbers. But the numbers they have access to and the way they look at things is only a fraction of what Liverpool are doing. Like, when they've got quantum physicists and, you know, lads that used to work at CERN <laughs> involved <laughs> in these things, you know that, like, they're going to the very nth degree to, to make sure that in every single way, every box they want ticked is ticked. We don't take gambles, really. Like, the odd one, Tacky, would have been a gamble. It was a gamble at seven and a half million. You know... Sometimes we take those gambles, but when it comes to an Ibu, we were scouting Ibu for two full years. Like the year he had the big breakthrough season, we were linked with him. Then he had the injury season and we were still being linked with him. And then he had the comeback season where they were managing very carefully. And we were all over him. As soon as David Ornstein tweeted, 
Liverpool are working on a deal, you were like, well, that's done. There's no way he's tweeting about it. It's the same way I look at the, the Chumeni thing. And I've said to other people already this window, if news comes out that Chelsea or somebody has made a move for him, I think we'll jump at it because I think we've yeah. got something in place for the summer. Yeah, as it turns yeah. out, that was the case with Diaz as well. Like, I don't think we take gambles. So this is a guy that we haven't just started scouting this year. This is someone that's been on the radar for a couple of seasons that we've been keeping a really close eye on. And like you said, his numbers do look, as, as Sam pointed out in, in both his Patreon and other things he, he's put out, this guy's numbers are right in the wheelhouse of you know, the attackers we've bought under this regime. So they've all exploded. And obviously Liverpool's been a part of that as well on the coaching that comes in. Like the Mo Salah oh, now is a very different player to the mm. Mo Salah that came from Roma. Sadio Mane from Southampton, very different now. So where where can we improve this guy? I mean, Sam, I know one of the things Sam had said was, uh, ask Dave about this guy's left foot. <laughs> so it's... Uh, yes. Yeah, like, <laughs> Sam's left foot and slander. It was just, it was a magnificent day as he just kept annoying people with, with left foot and slander. Yeah, he, he does. There's, there's two major areas. Number one, his left foot is purely there because if it wasn't, he'd fall over. It's, it's <laughs> literally just for standing purposes. But again, I do think it's something we will see worked on. Like, he's only 25. He, he's definitely got the time. Now, I will say, Dell, to Dell's credit, we all love Dell. He's absolutely mental, but he keeps us on our toes. Dell has been on the the Diaz hype train since last summer after the, the Copa America, when, like you said, he was joint top scorer, the goals he scored were spectacular, and he was absolutely tremendous in the competition. And he got, there was a weekend where Diaz, I think he scored a left-footed goal and got a left-footed assist. So Dell went right for Sam. <laughs> he was like, look at this, left-footed goal, left-footed assist. So it is there, he can do it. Like, it's just a matter of building his confidence, taking the time to work on the, the small details. That's something he can definitely improve on. The other areas I would say he can improve on, releasing the ball a little bit quicker. He can sometimes get a little bit lost in his dribble. We used to see it with Suarez in the early days of Suarez as well. Now, a part of that is, well, he's by far the best player at Porto. So at times he kind of takes the ball on and thinks, right, I'm going to have to do this myself because you guys just aren't capable of doing this. Suarez came from Ajax with exactly the same mentality. I'm the best player. I've got to do this for myself, you know, or, or no one else is going to do it. So there's a little bit of that. He just needs to release the ball a little bit quicker. But I think when he looks up and he sees Mo Salah, or he sees Jota or Bobby or Manny or whoever he's on the pitch, but he's going to think, oh, these guys are pretty good. I, I can I can share the ball with them. So I don't worry about that, but it is an area to improve. Um, the pressing will be the, the big off-ball one. There's no doubt for me about his work rate or his work ethic. Well, we've seen that if you're going to play, if you're going to play under Conceição anyway, you're going to yeah. you're going to work hard. I mean, that's, that's just, the thing. That's just a given. Yeah, Conceição is notoriously a very tough manager to play with. It actually cost him the Napoli job in the summer because certain players 
weren't keen. He was getting the Napoli job. Certain players weren't keen because the rumours about him and how hard he pushes players and training and how, like, if he feels you're not doing what he asks, it's not just the case that he'll drop you. He'll stop speaking to you. <laughs> like, there's been Porto players have come out and said, like, I don't know why I've been dropped. The manager hasn't spoken to me in three weeks. He will not speak to them. If he feels they're not entirely committed to the cause of winning football matches for his team, he won't speak to them. Now, he's not really good enough of a manager to do that. Like, if Simeone or Conte or Klopp or Pep was doing it, you'd be like, they can do what they want. Like, But he needs to settle that down a bit. But at the same time, it's not like he's coming in having worked under, like, a Carlo Ancelotti, where it's all about, you know, massaging the ego and, you know, giving you the time off you need and just Carlo's methods work for Carlo. But I don't think a player could go from playing under Carlo to playing under Klopp and not having a big jarring kind of feeling about, my God, how am I being managed now? You know, at at Carlo's club, I was allowed to just jog when I didn't really feel like sprinting. But this crazy German man is now screaming at me because I'm not sprinting. So, you know, he, he, he'll he come in ready to go day one. And like I said, you, you can bring it all back to the childhood. The fact that he has overcome so much in his life to get to where he is, this guy's not letting that slip. And he yeah, was one of the first, It was one of the first things this morning, a funny story on that, because as people know, we do this merchandise with the cartoon characters and stuff. And obviously trying to be ahead of the game, I sent I sent stuff to the designer this morning, say, right, we need this one, Liverpool kit, we'll do the mugs, we'll do the prints. And I says, so look, here's an image. It looks like the guy's had a hard paper round. He's only 25 years old. <laughs> That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Like, the consequences of this man's life are visible on his face. That's the thing. But Dell has put in a picture there of him in a Liverpool kit. Now, I don't know where he got that from or who designed that, but that's a thing of beauty. That's a man who looks good in that kit. I think that's on Thiago's body as well. <laughs> looks but like it, yeah. this guy is, is going to be someone that fans get really excited by. I, I genuinely believe this guy will have people standing and cheering because he just he has that capacity for the unbelievable like if you haven't watched much of him just go to youtube and just watch compilations of his goals you won't learn much about him as a player but you'll see the capability he has for scoring goals and he doesn't just score spectacular goals like he gets tappings he gets scruffy goals but he scores some absolute worldies He's really athletic. Athletic. He's got great reflexes. You'll see him pull out volleys where you think the ball has gone by him and he just throws a leg out and it finds its way into the net. He's just... I, I, I'm, I'm so happy. I genuinely am so happy. Not, like, not just for the fact that I, I've wanted this guy, but just to see Liverpool being this ambitious and thinking, you know what, we're not going to get stung here. We want this guy. We know he wants to come here. And apparently that's the biggest factor. Because our bid and Spurs bid apparently are the same bid. He has chosen us. He has made the decision that Liverpool is the place he wants to go. And we'll all look at that and say, well, obviously we're a much better team. But remember, they do have Antonio. 
So it's not just like, well, we have Klopp. What do they have? They they've got. And they'd be Pochettino. able. They'd be able to guarantee him more minutes almost immediately. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Uh, they can guarantee. Uh, there's a lot to be football. said about the guy's long term thinking here. Exactly. He is looking at his career. Where's the best place to go for my career? And the best place to go if you are any kind of wide forward, goal scoring wing or whatever you want to call them, the best place to go is play under Jurgen Klopp because you look at what he did with Salah. You look at what he did with Mane. You look at what he's done with Jota. And Diaz has got to be looking at that and thinking, that's that's a bit of me. That's what I want. Like, this guy has had his options. He could have gone anywhere. He could have waited till the summer. And maybe there'd have been more options. But when push came to shove, he's apparently the one that's pushed for us. And that... That's a big thing. That's a really big thing. Because you know Spurs were throwing big money at him as well because they're trying to back Conte because they know Conte's only signed for 18 months, remember. He's only signed up until the end of the next season. Now, I know Klopp is as well. No, Klopp is signed till the end of 2024. But, like, they're they're in a tight a tight window with Conte, so they need to do the best they can. And we know him. he'll self-combust if they don't if he doesn't get what he wants as well. Yeah, he will either self-combust or he'll murder Daniel Levy. And either <laughs> way, I think is you know is going to be a spectacular end. But yeah, I mean, I think this. I like you said. I think this was one we had for the summer, and we've just been we've been really aggressive here. And there's a lot of talk, obviously. The other thing that there's a lot of talk about is about who who at Liverpool is responsible for this. Now, uh, one of the things that we got told, obviously, when Gags had that conversation with Michael Edwards on that aeroplane a couple of years ago, that uh, Liverpool planned for these things so well in advance. And we're led to believe that Diaz was in part of that long-term plan. And so from the information we got this morning, it was very much a Michael Edwards deal, although Liverpool are very, very carefully going to give as much of the credit to, uh, to A.D. Ward as they can here. Yeah, and rightly so. I mean, look, Ward is Julian taking Ward. over. Yeah, Julian Ward, yeah. Uh, he's taking over from... I don't want to say he's the best sporting director in the world, but I think he's definitely top three. I think you'd look at Beppe Morata, who, you know, rebuilt Juventus after Calciopoli, did an incredible job, you know, league titles galore, Champions League finals left and went to Inter Milan and built them from a mess into, well, a, a, a title winner last season, potentially a title winner again this season, despite having lost Conte. So, you know, he is incredible. Beppe Morata is incredible. The man's a wizard. Um, Paratici obviously replaced him at, at Juve, was catastrophically bad, and is now at Spurs being catastrophically bad as well. Um the other one is Monchi, who's been at Sevilla in two spells for uh, 20 years and just is, again, he's, he's a wizard in the transfer market. But Edwards is every bit their match. And he's done just this amazing job. And it's not just the buying players with Edwards, it's how he sells them as well. So Julian Ward is, is filling the biggest possible shoes. Like, it, it's a really tough gig. So they're definitely going to share the credit between the two of them. Internally, Edwards or who will know, like, look, this is my deal. But Julian Ward needs to get that shine, and he will likely have still played a big role in this in negotiation in negotiations. But look, I, I think I think this guy is 
I, I just I think he's perfect for us. I really. Well, do let's not go. Let's not go any deeper on it because you've got a whole load more shows to do, and I'm going to be. Uh, let I'm him go. Let him go, man. Let him go. Busy as well today, so I, I do want to. I do want to ask you about uh, before we finish about any other uh, any other links or things that we we think might happen. Now, obviously, the info that we had was very much about uh, the young lad Cavalio at Fulham. Mm. That's one that that's the one that we expected we may hear something about before the window closed. And uh, and that was the uh, the more, more likely a deal for the summer. Obviously, you've mentioned it again on your shows that Fulham really really want him to uh, to sort of solidify their place at the top of the championship and try and get that promotion. But that's the only one. So everything else I think is going to be about outgoings. And uh, we kind of touched on a couple of who they may be uh, earlier in the show. But are we really expecting that's all we'll hear now, uh, or could we uh, or, or could another curveball get thrown away? We know that Liverpool have reacted to this one because one of our summer targets has uh, has material as an option mm. for another club could that happen again the only one i could think that would happen with would be too many I, I think if if there's word that a club makes a move for him i think we'll jump and, and try and get him in as well my belief on that is that like with kanate when ornstein reports it the deal is already you know a good way down the road towards getting done so I think unless somebody was to jump in with a bid for him, I think we'll wait for the summer for that one. We probably we might hear in like March or April time that we've agreed the deal, but I, th I think that'll be one for summer unless somebody comes in in the next couple of days and tries to hijack. In which case, I, th I think we would react to that as well. Um, Carvalho is the other name doing the rounds, and I, I do think we would have had interest in bringing in Carvalho now for similar things to what we've said about um, Diaz, that, look, you get, get him in the building and you give him six months to adapt with no pressure. And by next season, he is a fully formed member of the squad. He is ready to go. He's in tune with what we do. And he has, you know, a set position in the team that maybe he wouldn't be a starter Cavalier, but he'd certainly be be a big contributor. Uh myself and Sam have decided that he is basically a Coutinho regen uh with a bit more pace. There's just just a lovely bit of Phil about him. Um actually bad news on Phil. It looks like he got injured in the Brazil game last night. So yeah, that could be a tough one for Gerard. But yeah, I, I think I think it'll be summer. I think it'll be summer before we move again. I think those two are definitely going to be targets for the summer. And I think there'll be a couple more on top of them because I, I think this summer is going to be the one where we regenerate the squad. I think we'll see a couple of high profile ish departures. I think Sadio goes, I think Naby could go. Uh, I think Ox could go unless he's willing to stick around in a squad capacity. Um, I don't think he'll go, but Bobby is certainly potential to go because he'd be out of contract a year later. Um, Joe Gomez could go in the summer if the, if we get a good enough offer, and, that, and again that'd be an area then we have to go and we have to go and address to bring somebody in. Ronald Arejo is the one that continually gets linked from Barcelona. He would fit the bill of what we like in a centre back. Um, there's probably fifteen different French centre-backs under the age of 21 that we have have eyes on because it's just a factory over there for you know developing centre-backs. But I don't think we'll do anything else in this window. I think this will be it for now. I think this will be it for January. Like, we weren't planning to do this. 
it's quite clear we weren't planning to do this. We've reacted to what's happening. Mate, how, how can we ask for more? We've just been surprised with this. It's amazing. Exactly. That's the thing. <laughs> like, look, look, you know what? I'm a greedy bastard. So I'm going to I'm gonna ask for more. Go and do something else as well. But I'm not going to be upset if we don't do anything else. I'd have been upset if we did nothing. Because I do think, and I've said this to, to you before, Gags, and to Eddie, I think we're in a really good situation here for a potential run of the Champions League. I thought pre-season we'd left ourselves too light to really go and win the title, but that we were really well set up to go and win the Champions League. And with Harvey coming back, Thiago coming back, the boys coming back from AFCON, Naby's you know, already back and, and Mo and Sadio will be back likely after the final where they might kick lumps out of each other. We're going to have basically a full-strength squad. Now, there'll be some injuries across the way. Henderson hasn't got hurt yet. Matip hasn't got hurt. Those two get hurt every season. So fingers crossed they can stay fit. But there's also calls that neither of them should really be starting, that maybe it's time to give Ibu a run, that Henderson has been so poor this season that maybe you give Naby a run or you give Harvey a run when he's back. But now we're adding a really, really big weapon another attacker, someone that offers something a little bit different, someone that offers unpredictability. And and that's maybe where our little bit of a downfall has been with, with Sadio is that he's become a little bit too predictable and he doesn't have that explosive burst of a first step anymore. Might give him a kick up the ass, dude, this. It, that's the thing. It, it could well. if Look, if Sadio finds that it's a Champions League semi-final and his ass is sitting on a bench because Luis Diaz is playing out of his skin... And Diaz is now starting. Well, then, you know, actually, can Diaz play in the Champions League? Yes, What's... he can. Yes, he can. I think uh, there's a new rule now, isn't there, that if you change clubs in the January you can... window, you can you can change, you can make one change. Like you can have, That's I think. Perfect. That's... So, perfect. by the way, I've taken over from Eddie as he's gone off to help plan some of the shows for us as well. So I'm taking over as it's lunchtime and I have a break to talk to Dave. But um... Um, I've missed most of the show, Dave. But um, Fucking hell, seven o'clock in the morning, getting up. Look at this. I've been trying to text you and call you. All I know, morning. man. Like, I, I stayed up till 5 30 listening to fucking Twitter spaces <laughs> with, with fellas I've never heard of. <sighs> like, I'm reading like every update I could find and, and all this sort of stuff. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to bed thinking, like, ah, it's, it's nonsense. Like, it's nice to get, you know, to get that little bit of hope. But it's nonsense. We're not going to sign him. So I'll wake up in the morning and James Pierce, because this is what he likes to do, will have come out with some sarky tweet, you know, to say, you know, contrary to reports from Portugal and Colombia, there's no truth to Liverpool's interest in Luis Diaz or something like that. And instead, I wake up to literally hundreds of messages, half of them from you. Um, like. And just people just sending me screenshots of Paul Joyce's tweet. So I've literally got probably 40 different conversations on WhatsApp that are just people sending me Paul Joyce's tweet, DMs on Twitter of Paul Joyce's tweet. And then obviously Neil Jones tweeted about it, I think, shortly afterwards as well. But uh, I, I just think this is 
I just think this Mate, is Mate, you think brilliant. why I was... This is like a Fabinho deal for you. Like, I was in the cinema when it happened. Like, you were asleep. <laughs> I was like... But you already knew about it, which is good. I suppose you knew something was going on because you were listening to loads of spaces and stuff. But mm. as soon as I woke up, the first thing I thought, where the fuck's Dave? <laughs> and, and he's like, it's all right. I've already missed I missed, it, I missed I've the Fabinho <laughs> one as well. I don't know if you remember. I, oh, you I, did? I just moved up here. Yeah. And... Some dude got knocked off his bike on my lane and I had to go to the hospital with him and I stayed in the hospital for hours so I couldn't have my phone on and I get out of the hospital at like half 11 or something that night and I've got hundreds of messages from everybody and after 10 years of me shouting for us, well 8 years at that point, of me shouting for us to sign a defensive midfielder, we finally signed the defensive midfielder. And I fucking missed it. But this is the same thing. No one, like, no one knew we were even interested in this guy. There'd been no word from any of the local journalists. We were hearing about Jared Bowen, you know, people like that. We were hearing about John McGinn, you know, dross like that. And as it turned out, we were in for a a belt. Can we talk about something funny that our subscribers in Discord will really, you know, appreciate me bringing up? Is that. And I, I hope you haven't already talked about it, but basically our infamous Lubo being in the bin. And also, <laughs> we're going to have to plug that there might be a new positivity pod coming out from Lubo and Friends very soon on this channel. But he he literally dissed all of the news last night before going to bed. And yes. there's a popular tweet of him absolutely going after them. And I just replied to him this morning saying, this tweet, this tweet is the reason why the universe made us sign DS. This fucking tweet this is also the man (laughs) this is the man who spent the summer telling us liverpool aren't signing tiago they're definitely not (laughs) signing tiago no chance to signing tiago then he spent january telling us we didn't need to sign anybody we're not signing anybody mr lubo you sir are once again in the mud and it's a beautiful day this is even better than signing him. It's, it's just, this is even better. Lugo being in the mud is far better than a new signing because this we can have for years. And if he thinks I've forgotten about the Thiago one, I'm going to go back scrolling through his timeline someday. I'm going to find other instances of where, we ha- where we've done things that he said we weren't going to do or where he said we're not going to do things. And I'm going to hold them. And I'm going to wait. And when we sign the player he's disparaged, I'm going to be there to jump on it and say, ah, you, sir. I actually actually said to uh, Lee, but don't ever delete this tweet, please. Just keep it there because we'll we'll keep it as a memory thing. And also, it's just, you know, this is another player that comes in to maybe take some um, appearances off of Curtis Jones. Well, that's not a good thing for Curtis Jones. But what I mean is you two got something going on with that as well. Yes, yes. You lose it. Well, you see, what what you don't know is I I, I, I paid off an under-23 player to give Curtis an poke in the eye uh, to, to ensure that I that I won the bet. But, yeah, um, I just think this is wonderful. Like, it's yeah, absolutely... yeah, I know. Look, I mean, look the fact okay. that, like, look, in the... So, like, Lubo's... Lubo's a wind-up merchant, and I don't think he'll mind me saying that. Lubo sometimes <laughs> will say something, someone will disagree with him, and he'll agree with them. He'll kind of see their point... But he'll just double down because he likes the fume. And that's why I love Lubo. Like, I love the fact that Lubo 
will always... And me and him go at it all the time, and we try and wind each other up. When you meet him, mate, you love him, honestly. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I know he's an absolute diamond. Like, There's no doubt. Like, He's one of the, the best guys in our community. But I love the fact that Lubo will always just try and get the bit of the needle. That's I love it. It's very Irish of him. Um, I, I think I think I'm right in saying Lubo's of Bulgarian descent. Is that correct? If I'm yeah, if I'm wrong, correct, correct. Yeah. yeah, but there's definitely a bit of Irish in there somewhere as well, because he fucking loves the bit of needle, and he he'll definitely go out of his way to try and wind people up. And like a lot of the Tiago stuff was that, and some of the Diaz stuff is tongue in cheek. But he'll own it then when it comes round. Like he's not he's not locking his Twitter account. You know, if if someone has It's already locked. <laughs> it was already locked. Was it already? Oh, Lubo. Lubo, you're letting me down. The screenshots galore. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, <laughs> oh, no, but look, I I I I this is what what a start to a Friday. Mate, I was thinking I said to Guy. Tomorrow's daily red. We're going to have nothing to talk about, so we'll just stick. We'll just stick out one of the podcasts. I'll do two or three minutes about how there's nothing going on, and we'll just stick a podcast at the end. And now we have Luis Diaz. Did you guys cover that? I read somewhere they're trying to get Carvalho done as well. Carvalho done, sorry for um, for January as well. We trying. didn't. But, so so here's my thoughts on Carvalho. Right, he's out of contract in the summer. Mm. Fulham would definitely rather have the money that they would get from a transfer than what they will get from a tribunal. Yeah, you know, in all likelihood, it'll be, I mean, four million, five million at the max. Yeah, yeah pennies compared to what they'll get. If, they, if, they, if Liverpool say 10 million now, you keep him on loan for 18 months, would you take it? Uh, no, I would say 10 million and keep him till the summer. Right, got you. Uh, but I would want him in our building next season because I do think he's he's uh, entering a key point in his development. And though Marco Silva's a better coach than his record would show over his tenure in England, he's doing a brilliant job this season. I, I still would want him getting... Because remember, we've only got two seasons of Klopp after this. Yeah, So I it. want him yeah, getting right. two years with Klopp. The, mm. the thing with Fulham is they'll obviously want to keep him until the summer, if they can, because... That makes sense. Yeah, they're in a promotion push. They're they're looking rampant in the league, but he's having a, a really good season for them. Like, for his age, to be performing the way he is in the championship, I, I think it's really, really impressive. Seven goals and three assists in just 1,178 minutes in the championship is very, very impressive. And we saw what an impressive season the championship did for Harvey. And obviously Harvey and Carvalho know each other really well. They played together at at Fulham in the youth team. So I think I think what we should do is either go in now. If we if we're worried that someone's going to nab him on us, go in now, offer them a bit more money and a loan till the end of the season. But if nobody goes in, maybe just hold fire. We have to be confident that we'll get him as a free agent and just pay the tribunal fee. And remember, those tribunal fees, I think we only paid the Harvey one last year. We signed him. They take ages, man. Three take, years before yeah, that. they take so, ages. You know, Absolutely. if we want to just kick the money down the road, we, we could just wait till summer. But I think we'll get him. Uh, I think we'll get him. I think we'll get Chiumeni in the summer. And I think we'll get one or two more 
probably a back, a bright back, because I think Nico will go either this window or the summer. Uh, Joe might go, so we'll need a centre-back. And I could see us doing one more big one in the summer, like another high-end player, a Rafinha yeah. or somebody like that. Too many, maybe. No, I think we'll sign him anyway. Oh, right, he, okay. He's going to be... I think I think, the, I think we'll do, like, two... Like, a too many and somebody... Then a Carvalho and a young right back to come yes, in. Like, yes, you know, I would agree with all that. And that then would cover us really. Yeah, and it just us. depends on Joe. If Gomez goes, obviously we'll need a centre back. But yeah, I, I think that would be the four for the summer. Would be Chuameni and say Rafinha plus Carvalho and I don't know Jed Spence or somebody or you know Jaden Bogle, somebody like that coming in as a right back with with Nico going out. But I think we can easily cover this Diaz. Um, this Diaz deal with sales in the yeah. next couple of days. I think Nat will go. I think Taki will go, and it will be no surprise to me if Divock goes. Mm. And we don't we, we don't lose anything because Diaz replaces Taki, Kate Gordon replaces Divock, Reese Williams replaces Nat Phillips. And if we wanted to move Nico out now, we can as well because, like I said to Eddie earlier, we can use Milner and Bradley there because. Yep. Milner's not getting any more minutes in midfield once everybody's back. He's just not. He's the seventh or eighth midfielder. He's the eighth midfielder. When you consider everybody, he's the eighth best midfielder. Now, he might get five minutes here, ten minutes there. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about starts. He could get one or two starts at right back. He won't get any more in midfield, I don't think. So we could sell four, in theory, and more than cover this. I don't think we'll sell four. I think we're more likely to sell like two, maybe three, if depending on Divock. But I think we'll cover ourselves pretty well and we'll end this window with close to a, a negative and next talking bet. about the end, we have loads of other content coming because Dave's going to be on more stuff. We've got an old school tomorrow. We're going to keep talking. We'll probably stay on the live chat and talk to you guys. And that's a perk for an AI Pro subscriber. But we're going to end it here because we've got loads more coming. We've got, <clears throat> I think, uh, Sai's working on a special fatigue index pod for, for Diaz. We've got, I think, the UP boys working on a stats profile uh, for Diaz as well. I've got something with um, Portuguese football expert Tom Kundet tomorrow at 11. He's trying to work, I'm trying to work He's on a brilliant. Colombian expert too for the weekend. And um, we got we'll old go school. Go to uh, Sierra Gags. I think that's a surname. Sierra. I think he's already been on tour, so we're trying to go for somebody else at the moment. But he's the guy, though. Yeah. He's the he's... guy. Well, it's okay. Yeah, that's Get fine. him. Get him. So we've got um, also old school with Marco Lopez tomorrow as well. So yes. Marco, being a, a very uh, ardent fan of Portuguese football, uh, will have some choice words as well, which will be yeah, great. He's a, so, Benfica, he's a Benfica fan as well. Exactly. So it, It'll be objective, won't he? <laughs> that's exactly it. That's exactly it. Um, so yeah, he, that's everything. Pipe, Pipe, whatever his name is. That's the guy to go for. Um yeah, I, I think I think this is this is just a tremendous day for all the Reds. Uh, top Reds in the bin, bottom Reds <laughs> rising up, signing a transfer, <laughs> a transfer. How great teams are built with fucking transfers, not with your nonsense. Transfers are what build great teams. It's how we built our great team, and this is one of them. And it's a beautiful day, and Lubo's in the mud, and you can all just. Sit there and listen to me rant and rave. I have lots to do today. I have two-footed. I have the Daily Red. 
I'll be on old school. I'm sure I'll get dragged on to others. But um, yeah, we're going to put out the best possible Luis Diaz content propaganda that we can and uh, hope everybody enjoys listening to it. Um, I think with that, Gags, we might as well wrap ourselves up. Absolutely. We'll be back tomorrow, guys, on Old School. So there'll be more of this and more of that and a whole load more coming this weekend. So hopefully we get him signed soon. Um, Last thing we want is pods to go disappearing like we did with uh, Fakir. So, yeah, let's hope he signs very, very soon. Well, we've done this one live, so we've no no air close on this one. No, this one's one's going live. This one's live and it's coming out um, to your um, pod players very soon as well. Thanks all. Thanks for listening live, folks. Thanks, Dave, for jumping on. And, um, yeah, fucking Diaz, man. Awesome. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.